Mademoiselle Virginie was not left long alone with her patterns and silks. A tall woman with bold black eyes, a reckless manner, and a step as firm as a man's stalked into the room with the gait of a tragedy queen crossing the stage. The instant her eyes fell on the French forewoman, she stopped, threw up her hands in astonishment, and exclaimed, Finette! Teresa! cried the French woman, casting her scissors on the table and advancing a few steps. Hush, call me Brigida. Hush, call me Virginie. These two exclamations were uttered at the same moment, and then the two women scrutinized each other in silence. How in the name of heaven have you dropped down in the world as low as this? she asked. I thought you were provided for when... Silence, interrupted Brigida. You see, I was not provided for. I have had my misfortunes, and you are the last woman alive who ought to refer to them. Do you think I have not had my misfortunes too since we met? Brigida's face brightened maliciously at those words. You have had your revenge, continued Mademoiselle Virginie, coolly turning away to the table and taking up the scissors again. Brigida followed her, threw one arm roughly round her neck, and kissed her on the cheek. Let us be friends again, she said. The Frenchwoman laughed. Tell me how I have had my revenge, pursued the other, tightening her grasp. Mademoiselle Virginie signed to Brigida to stoop and whispered rapidly in her ear. The Italian listened eagerly with fierce, suspicious eyes fixed on the door, When the whispering ceased, she loosened her hold and, with a sigh of relief, pushed back her heavy black hair from her temples. Now we are friends, she said, and sat down indolently in a chair placed by the work table. Friends, repeated Mademoiselle Virginie with another laugh. And what are your plans, Brigitte? You must have projects. What are they? Look at my figure said Brigida, placing herself in an attitude in the middle of the room. What do you mean? This, that my present project is to try if I can make my fortunes by sitting as a model for Minerva in the studio of the best sculptor in Pisa. And who is he? The master sculptor, Luca Lomi, an old family once noble, but down in the world now. The master is obliged to make statues to get a living for his daughter and himself. There are other sculptors besides him in the studio. There is first his brother, uh, the priest, uh, Father Rocco, who passes all his spare time with the master. He's a good sculptor in his way, has cast statues and made a font for his church, a holy man who devotes all his work in the studio to the cause of piety. (laughs) Bah! We should think him a droll priest in France. Wait, there is a third sculptor in the studio, actually a nobleman. His name is Fabio Dascoli. He is rich, young, handsome, an only child, and little better than a fool. Fancy his working as sculpture, as if he had his bread to get by it, and thinking that an amusement. (laughs) 
Imagine a man belonging to one of the best families in Pisa, mad enough to want to make reputation as an artist. Wait, wait, the best is to come. His father and mother are dead. He has no near relations in the world to exercise authority over him. He is a bachelor, and his fortune is all at his own disposal. Going a-begging, my friend, absolutely going a-begging for want of a clever woman to hold out her hand and take it from him. Yes, yes, now I understand. The goddess Minerva is a clever woman, and uh, she will hold out her hand and take his fortune from his with the utmost docility. The first thing is to get him to offer it. I must tell you that I am not going to sit to him, but to his master, Luca Lomi, who is doing the statue of Minerva. The face is modeled from his daughter, and now he wants somebody to sit for the bust and arm.